0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get Goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort.
1: Not only do I want it, our fans are clamoring for it. And to us, he is always has been and always will be a patriot. And we will be bringing him back um after I have not, I don't like to make a commitment for him, but we will do everything in our power to bring him back, have him sign off as a patriot, and find ways to honor him for many years to come because he did so much to bring life and good cheer to our community, and he's a beloved figure, and he's earned the respect and love that people feel for him like no other athlete. In our town.
2: What's up, Jim Trotter? What's going on, God, man? Hi, Holly. It's
3: good you. Good to welcome see back.
2: you. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, good to be back. <laughs> and uh, what what a day to be out, huh? What a day to be out. Yeah. Uh, I can't say I can't say I was surprised by the actual announcement from Tom Brady. Yeah, maybe the timing. Was is not what anybody expected. You know, he told the Bucks at 6 a.m. And then he kind of dropped this this pre-produced announcement. I mean, I don't think it was live. He certainly wasn't live. I think he'd figured it out. And then he was I'm going to release it. I'm going to drop it at this time. So I'm not surprised by the announcement, Jim. I got to say I'm surprised by how it makes me feel. (laughs) You know, it. yeah, Yeah. Like, okay, if you look at it this way, so Tom Brady, and that was Robert Kraft off the top, Patriots owner Robert Kraft. When he says our town, he's talking about Boston where Brady played every year of his career except for the last three where he was in Tampa. But I, I go back to Tom Brady life before Tom Brady. So Brady sat out the 2000 season because the Patriots already had their franchise quarterback, number one overall pick in the draft. 1993 drew drew Bledsoe he had been to a Super Bowl they didn't win it they lost to the Packers he was everything Robert Kraft called him a son too he loved that everybody loved drew Bledsoe so when they drafted Tom Brady it was like what are they doing drafting this guy Tom Brady in the sixth round so from 2001 until yesterday when I thought of quarterbacking I thought of Tom Brady either in New England or or the quarterback that New England and the rest of the NFL paid attention to to kind of set the expectations for what it was. Is this guy going to be the next Tom Brady? No? Okay, but where does he slot? Okay, he's not Tom Brady, but is he three-quarters of Tom Brady? Is he half of Tom Brady? Uh, and, And even when we talk about the young quarterbacks now, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, one day they could be. It's always Tom Brady's the standard. Tom Brady, you, you, you really figured out your compass from looking at number 12, and now the compass is gone. So that's just really, it's hitting me in a strange way, Jim. Like, life without Tom Brady on the football field, it takes me back to Y2K and what's going to happen when 1999 turns into 2000. I mean, it's like a different era altogether. How are you, uh, how are you processing the reality that Tom Brady is no longer a football player.
3: Yeah, I think it hits you that way. And in in part because of the video itself, you could see the real emotion there. Um, There was an authenticity this time that this is actually it, that we will never see him on a football field again. So I think that's why maybe it hits a little different this time as opposed to maybe a year ago when he retired and then came back after 40 days. Uh, I think it hits you also because of where you live, your relationship with the Patriots in terms of your time covering them and the work that you've done with them. Um, for someone like me who's on the other coast, it it doesn't hit quite that way. As you know, whenever you have a relationship with someone, it, it strikes a little differently when these situations happen. So um what hit me again with but, the emotion. You bring up I a good thought. point, though. Go
2: ahead. But you bring up Go a ahead. good point. How does it? And, and I, I told Gary Carter, well, I didn't get into details. I said, I I'm, I look forward to Trotter's perspective because of the perspective that you have. Because you're on the West Coast and, and you're not, you know, geographically close to the Patriots. I mean, you cover the league very well. But you're you're looking at it from a national perspective. How do you view this? Uh, how do you view Tom Brady from where you sit?
3: Yeah, it it hits me as just a great player retiring. I, I don't have that close. I've never had a close relationship with Tom Brady, in the sense that I never covered him on a regular basis. The only time I really was around him was during the playoffs, for the most part. So there was never that that one to one personal connection. Um, and I don't. I, I hope no one takes that as a negative. That's not how it's meant. Um, no. But no. for me, for for me, this was just a, another great player retiring. You know, it hit me a little differently when there are players that I covered who retired, whether like you see on the wall behind me, it's a Junior Seau or a Ladanian Tomlinson or something like that. Um, that's obviously going to hit me a little differently because I've had personal relationships with these men. So from that standpoint, when I look at Tom, and I've told you this before, I was born in San Francisco. I grew up in the Bay Area. And so for me, it was always there will never be another quarterback that, that approaches Joe Montana he is the goat he is the greatest and then tom brady came along and now he is the standard by which i judge quarterbacks in terms of their ability to lead and their ability to win championships so special player um you know it's 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 going to be weird to to get into a season and not see him again but i'm happy for tom if, if this is what where he is at at this point in his life that he he needs to move on to find whatever it is that balance or whatever the next thing is for him I applaud it man Um, and I'm happy this time that he got to go out with him announcing it on his own terms
2: well listen I'm going to tell you everything you said except for the last except for the last part I agree with everything you said except for the last part Last part was like he got to announce it on his terms. I'm not happy about that. Why? I'm a journalist. Oh yeah, Mike <laughs> Smith. Go ahead. I see you, Mike Smith. Um, I'm a journalist, and you know what I would like journalists to do? I like journalists who break stories. I like journalists who get stories. And and yeah, I, I get you know the what? era that we're in. And I get the era that we're in. And I like it. I like it. I like um, that athletes with their own voice and their own platforms and it's not up to the media to be the gatekeepers we can uh, they can announce things on their own but just selfishly if it comes down to it if I had a choice if somebody said to me now this is this is being real hey Michael Holly you have two options you could break the Tom Brady retirement story or you could let Tom Brady break it <laughs> I'm taking it I want to take it it's just it's how I was raised man it's how I'm wired I'm wired I'm a journalist and I just it's, it's hard to give that up
3: it's because you're still young can I say in my younger years I, I probably would have been the same way but I can honestly say to you if we're being full transparency here at this moment I of don't course we say are this makes we always this makes me it's the show is I, brother I, from I,
2: another for those who have I never watched you. the show before brother from another we keep it 100 listening on Sirius XM channel if watching on YouTube Peacock TV anyway go ahead
3: no but but i've reached a point now in my advanced age, where and you can call me a poor journalist for it where i'm a little more sensitive to those things in terms of somebody going out on their own terms or allowing them to break a story as opposed to me breaking a story and there have been a couple of instances where i've known things and not reported it and i'm okay with that and if others are so be it. I, you know, you and I remember, talk about remember, being professors. Remember, 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 remember wait, on, Sanford? <laughs> remember Paris Sanford to do that? Yeah, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, I'm coming to join you, honey. I'm coming to join no, you, honey. But, but you and I, we talk about how, you know, teaching these young students and these aspiring journalists and whatnot, and I always say yeah. to them, look, everybody has their own moral compass, right? Yeah. And, and there are going to come times where you have to do what's right for you. And potentially there are consequences for that in terms of professionally speaking. But you know what? At the end of the day, you got to do what's right for you. And for me, as I've gotten older, there have been those instances where I said, you know what? Out of respect for this individual, um, they deserve to do it on their terms. And so, so be it.
2: Trotter, you're so wise, man. You're so wise. I I'm need not, to learn no, from you. No, man, years. I'm not wise. I did it. I'm just I did, old. I did I'm this. just old. I did. <laughs> no, no, that's not it. Hey, there's some people who are old and immature. Some, some people who are old and they don't have wisdom. That's a tragedy. All those years, and you didn't, and you didn't acquire any wisdom, but you're not old. You are wise. And, and because of your wisdom, I do want to ask you this. Because how long, uh, Trotter, have you been a Hall of Fame voter? How, how many years?
3: Um, man, it's hard to add up. Now, I think at least 15 or so. I think
2: I, I wonder, and I asked because when I look at Tom Brady's career and this, this, this really encapsulates it, per, encapsulates it perfectly. And I didn't even know this was coming, but this is exactly what I wanted to say. Tom Brady in his twenties. You look at those numbers. <laughs> that's a hall of fame. Okay. That's a hall of fame career. Keep that up there for a while. Gary, yeah. That's a Hall of Fame career, over twenty-one thousand passing yards in three Super Bowl wins, one hundred forty-seven touchdowns in his twenties, in his thirties, forty thousand yards, three hundred nine touchdown passes, two wins in the Super Bowl, and then twenty-seven plus thousand passing yards in his forties, one hundred ninety-three passing touchdown in his forties, and two touchdowns. I mean, two Super Bowls. Have you ever? Analyzed a resume like this where there are three Hall of Fame careers in three different decades. And I know there's some great. I'm not asking him if he's the best player. He's the best player I've seen. Right. But I'm just wondering right. numerically, if you've ever sliced it up like that for a player where you say, wow, I don't even need the entire career to make my case. Give me this decade and I'm good.
3: Yeah, no, I've never done it. I know that we've had uh, multiple players who have been all decade in multiple on multiple all decade teams. But I have never broken it down like what you know you just showed. That's that's incredible. But it again it speaks to his greatness. Where I say, you know, I would have fought you at a point in my life if you tried to tell me somebody was better than Joe Montana. I mean, and now I, you know, you mentioned Tom Brady. I'm like, okay, you're right. You know, there, there's there's no debate or or hot take here. Tom Brady. You know, Michael Smith brought this up yesterday when you weren't here. Um, and I'm just jabbing at you with, with that, but he brought
2: up that you had talked about, I feel no guilt. I I got so, I got so many passes. I got so many passes. (laughs) Mike, Mike Smith usually is not here. So (laughs) like, okay, give me a, the guys let him
3: know that too. They let him know that too. But anyway, um, he was saying that you were, and I believe if I remember right, that you were saying that Tom Brady is the greatest football player ever, regardless of position or whatever. And he right. questioned whether or not that was actually the case. And I had to, I told him, I side with you. When one player is so far superior than anyone else who has ever played the position, to me, that makes him the greatest football player ever in my mind. And that's not in any way to denigrate anyone else who has played this game or others who I, I believe are all-time greats. But Tom Brady is just in a different class, period.
2: Do you think, and the last thing I'll ask you about, uh, Brady, and then we'll move on to uh, other topics and other guests. We got uh, Rita Hubbard coming up. The football chick. Uh, The NFL, what did she call it? The NFL chick or the football chick? Uh, Is it NFL or football? NFL chick. It's all good. Rita's fantastic. Yeah, so uh, NFL chick, Rita Hubbard is coming up on the show we'll talk with her we'll talk with Ricky Ricardo who gave us a lot of information about Philadelphia before Trotter before the NFC championship game and a lot of things that he said were going to happen actually did happen but before we get there
3: he said Brock Purdy was going to get hurt
2: um he said that Hassan Reddick was going to be a problem that most people were talking <laughs> about things that didn't they were ignoring or maybe kind of glossing over the impact of, uh, of Hassan Reddick. I want to ask
3: you this no, about that's just That's Do just that think... bitter 49er fan in me talking. That's all. That's all. Yeah.
2: Why, why be bitter? I, there's no reason to be bitter. I can see if you were bitter. I can see being bitter if the game were close. I mean, if you actually right. had a game. Right.
3: No, but that's what I'm saying. Bitter. No, bit, bitter in the sense that I wanted to see a game. And we yeah. didn't. I mean, that was basically yeah. like three plus quarters of running clock. You know, like, can Thank we you. just get to the end of this? Cause it was beautiful. They, they got no chance. Oh, here we go. I okay. watching it. it was beautiful. I I'm sure it. you did.
2: Every second of it. Every second of it.
3: Oh, you didn't Missed. even take it back. I was, a break, right?
2: I was, I was all Philly, all Philly the whole time. I ate it while I watched it while eating a cheesesteak. I mean, all this stuff. I had all my Philly stuff, Philly, Philly music, Philly colors. I changed my phone oh. temporarily to a two one five number. I mean, everything <laughs> was Philly. Uh, last thing, I do want to ask you this about Brady. Mm-hmm. And we also, everybody's saying this. Everybody's saying, "Oh, he's the greatest," and oh, you know, this. Uh, look at all the winning, and look at the competitiveness, and look how he took care of himself to play to age forty five. I don't think college football is looking for the next Tom Brady. As a matter of fact, the next Tom Brady came along. The same traits, the same traits that he has now, not the traits he had coming out of Michigan. He was, he he had the size and athleticism, but you know, he didn't have the body type, wasn't quite right. He didn't run a great time in Indianapolis. But if you had a Tom Brady coming out of college now, and the description is this guy's 6'4". He's a classic pocket quarterback. You can't do RPOs with him. He's not that guy. He's going to stand in the pocket. He'll make all the right throws. Is the NFL saying, That's our guy. I'm going to say that the next Tom Brady is probably, my point is, the next Tom Brady is probably going to have a Tom Brady-like story. He won't be drafted number one overall, probably drafted in the second or third round now. People are going to sleep on that next Tom Brady because he doesn't have the traits that your current quarterback has where people are looking for speed and all sorts of things, not just staying in the pocket and throwing. You agree? Yeah,
3: Not necessarily. I I think there are still some who are stubborn in the NFL who believe in that pocket passer and mobility is a desired trait in today's game, but I don't think it is necessarily a requirement among some of these people. And so I would say to you in all truthfulness, I think there are some in the NFL still who look for that type of quarterback. Um, The big, strong arm pocket presence guy um, who can make all the throws down the field, who, as we talk about, uses um, his intellect, his football intellect to read defenses yeah. and yada, 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 yada. There are still those guys in the NFL. We, you know, look, we tend to forget it was only a handful of years ago that Bill Polian said Lamar Jackson should be moved to a different position coming out of college, mm, even though he had won a high spin, still, Even Dude, that's even still, though like, hey, Yeah,
2: it still stings me. I said when I hear that I'm still stung by it and shocked.
3: Yeah, you should be what I mean, he was running a pro office in college. I know. So that's why I say to you, there are still individuals in the NFL, whether they will admit it or not, who still if it give them truth serum would tell you they would prefer that type of quarterback. You just mentioned as opposed to the new wave of RPO guys who are coming out of college.
2: Speaking of new wave, Jim, we got a new wave type of commentator. A commentator who speaks truth to power. A commentator, I don't know if she's going to be disappointed that it's Philly and Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't know if she picks San Francisco. I don't know. But we got Rita Hubbard coming up next on Brother From Another. Oh, I'm so excited to do the show today. That day off? I feel rejuvenated. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I took a two-week vacation.
3: I need one of those with you then.
0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort.
4: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?
2: Well, you all know what's going down next week, what we're going to start preparing for. The Super Bowl, NBC Sports will be there. It's Super Bowl 57. You want to talk about time flying? We were talking during the break with the NFL chick, Rita Hubbard. Time flying? Look at that, 57. Super Bowl 57. What's What's the first Super Bowl you remember? We'll get to that later, but the Dan Patrick Show will be there. Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Pro Football Talk Live and your favorite show, and your favorite show's favorite show, Brother From Another. Three to four Eastern, live from Arizona. Next week, we're going to Arizona, we're going to the desert. And I don't know where Joe Burrow was trying to go, who he was trying to be, uh, with this outfit. But the NFL chick wasn't feeling it. She's crying over it, okay. And now, she she ain't done! (laughs) He ain't done. Going because the Chiefs talks, the Chiefs and Bengals. The Bengals talk so much trash when they beat the Bills. Well, when they took this loss, uh, is like, book your flight to Cancun. A little playoff <laughs> of Eli Apple, who was like Cancun on three. So uh, Rita, let's start there. Like you were having a great time on Twitter just going at the Bengals. Why were you going at them so hard?
6: I'm gonna grow up one day. I don't know when that day is gonna be, but
2: (laughs) no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Take your Um, time. Don't do that.
6: But you know, obviously, being a Baltimore girl, uh, covering the Ravens. Before I started covering them, I was a fan, you know. So my fandom got to me for a moment. I'm not gonna <laughs> even lie. You know, so they they look, I, I I love Joe Burrow. I think that he's a great human being. I think that he's a phenomenal football player, but I don't like him as a football player because, you know, they they went on this whole he went on this whole podcast tangent last off season and talked so much about five hundred yards that he put up against the Ravens when they had dudes that was literally working at all these before you know they played that game because they had nobody on defense. You was bragging about that, you know. So it really felt good to see, you know, somebody look you know, when they said burrowhead, they went too far. Okay. I love a good trash talking. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But when you when you called the burrowhead, y'all try to act like Patrick Mahomes is not the best quarterback in the game, and that's disrespectful. And um, I'm just glad they got humbled. They've been real quiet ever since Sunday. Well, except for when they want to whine about the refs, of course. But outside of that, they want to act like two picks didn't happen and, you know, all these other things. So, you know, I'm just enjoying the defeat of the Cincinnati Bengals at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs, which is very weird because we don't really like the Chiefs either. But, you know, the the, the enemy. I I love this.
2: Hey, hey, Trotter, I I, I, I was going to say. Go ahead. But didn't I say this to you, Trotter? Didn't I say this to you? Uh, I think we were talking about it. I said, our right, Eli Apple, he had a great time. He had a great time. It was great stuff. It was very funny after they beat Buffalo and he had all these memes and he's calling Stefan Diggs, Terrell Owens Jr., and going on and on and on. Hilarious. And my, my question at that time was, oh, Okay, good. That was a divisional playoff game. You didn't win the Super Bowl, you didn't win the conference. You better keep up see, that same level and that same energy, and Trotter, he wasn't able to do it, was he? See,
3: see here, here, here's the problem people have with the media, right? And I, I'm going to come at you on this, Michael Holly, is that we say we want players to be open. We want players to talk. We want trash. And then they give it to us, and then you turn around and say, why you talk so much, right? You can't have it both ways, bro. You can't have it both ways. I, I like it. You know.
6: I, I enjoy yeah. it. I enjoy it because when they fail, you have something to go on. Right? Like, you know, oh, when, especially right. when you don't like that person. Because, see, it's see. not like you do this for everybody, right? Like, you know, Eli, right. Eli Apple has literally made himself an, an he, a heel, like a WWE type of dude at this point. It's not even just media, players have even said, things about, you know, after their loss regarding Eli Apple. Stephon Diggs and, you know, Sauce yep. Gardner, so not even just us at this point. But for the most part, you <laughs> know, it, it, we like that stuff. We really enjoy it. And it gives us something to talk about during the week.
3: And you know, if Eli Apple were playing for the Baltimore Ravens, you would be right there in this corner backing him up. Come on now, well, be honest well, about it. Well, yes, you, you, would. But, but yes, hey, you hey, would. Hey, but yes, here's you the thing. Hey, try
6: for to. him to talk like that. So no, I wouldn't. I would. Uh, I would be like, i be over here like this. Hey, just be quiet, just a but, little bit, because you ain't that good. <laughs> but we. Not, but
2: but but there's some. But some of the trash talkers. Some of the trash talkers aren't now. Eli Apple is pretty good, but uh, you think about it uh, across yeah. multiple sports, like some of these big time. Like think about the NBA. Patrick Beverly talks so much trash for a dude who averages yes. like six points a game, but yeah. We play, kinda, at least he plays it,
6: defense. He plays defense. Somebody plays defense over there.
2: It's interesting. It's interesting. And I think in this case, Trotter, I'm not saying don't talk trash. I all my point is when Eli Apple did all that stuff after Buffalo, if he had just like kept it to Diggs and just like stayed with Diggs, uh, you know, maybe you don't you don't you don't jump on him. But he went at everybody. It, it went on for days. He was talking trash <laughs> like like multiple days and and my only point was wow, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Not that I'm waiting for you to fail. I'm waiting to see how the story is because if you're talking like that, you gotta you gotta at least make it to the Super Bowl, don't you?
3: Well, I mean what last year they did make it this year. They got to the AFC championship game and we're in a position to reach the Super Bowl. But anyway, let's he, move also on a, he, not, that, he also had he also he also
2: had a big pass interference penalty. See, but he, uh, was, uh. see y'all,
3: y'all going to make me defend him, yes. But we don't look at any of the plays that he did make either. We just focus on the one that, and I don't even want to go there at the end of the game, the one penalty that everyone focuses on and then ignores everything else that the player did during the game. But here's what I want to ask Rita. She said Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the game, basically bar none, Right. So, Rita, what I would love for you to tell me is how big of a difference of a drop-off is it from Patrick Mahomes to, say, Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert? Mm-hmm. Pick your quarterback. Tell me your hierarchy there and how how what the separation is like between these players.
6: So, I think from a talent perspective, him and Lamar are very similar, um, but I think that Mahomes sees the game a little bit differently um, than, than Lamar uh, in terms of like scanning the field. And, and this is not me saying that Lamar doesn't scan the field. Let me be clear on that. Um, right. But I think but we've <laughs> seen Lamar, I think, try to be a a pocket passer at times when he should probably move around in the quarterback because he's trying to remove that tag of him being a running quarterback. And I think, that sometimes mentally he keeps himself in a pocket in situations where he probably should be trying to extend the play and move around, whereas Patrick Mahomes doesn't. He didn't come into the league with a, really a huge knock against him like Lamar did, so he's kind of able to be who he is, which is a guy that knows how to use his legs and extends the plays um, and and finds ways to, you know, get in between coverages. So I, I think that Mahomes is absolutely the the great quarterback in this league right now, but I don't think that the guys behind him are like worlds different. I think that Joe Burrow is a great talent. I think Lamar is a great talent and I think if Lamar had better pieces around him, we would probably be having a different conversation about where we see Lamar with Patrick Mahomes. Um, Justin Herbert, I think, is a guy that has an exquisite arm, but I heard you guys talking in the last segment. I mean, he does move, but moving isn't really the thing that we, you know, accredit him for as opposed to other guys. So I, I I think that there's Patrick Mahomes who, you know, he's, he's who he is, you know what I mean? And then there, there's Absolutely. a of really good to great quarterbacks right behind him. But I'm, you know, I just really think that we have to call a spade a spade. And I think that Patrick Mahomes as of right now is the best quarterback in the national football league because of what he can do. And he, look, he's got, Tyreek Hill is no longer there and he hasn't missed a beat. Tyreek, Holmes, uh, Tyreek Hill is sitting at home and he's on his way to the Super Bowl with Juju Smith-Schuster and, you know, uh, Vance, and all these other guys that we just never thought that they could really continue to move forward with. But Travis Kelsey is still there, of course. So I, I just think that we just have to give credit to where credit is due.
3: Well, let me be clear. No, right, uh, we're not, yeah, we're not, I'll speak ahead. for myself. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think, unquestionably, Patrick Mahomes is number one as it relates to quarterbacks in the NFL. I was just curious yeah. how you saw how far behind Patrick these other quarterbacks were.
6: Yeah, I just, I just feel like all of them are, I, I think that they're behind in terms of like, you know, ranking, of course, but not like. I don't think that they're worlds different. I think that all of these guys, those guys that I mentioned, are, are really great athletes and really good quarterbacks, and I just think that you know. Burrow is in a position where he has two number ones, essentially. So it allows his game to be elevated. Lamar has never had a real opportunity to have like a vetted number one. And by vetted, I mean, you know, Marquise Brown and uh, Rashad Bateman came later after he was drafted. So he's never had like an experienced vet number one behind him. So he's elevated teammates himself based on his play but I think that we could see an elevation of more more from him if he had you know like a true number one if they got an AJ Brown per se in the offseason like Philly did and I I just I've always liked Justin Herbert's arm I thought at Oregon he was great I just always thought that you know his offensive line behind him wasn't that great and his pieces weren't great but you could always see the talent that he had so I don't really think that these guys are like you know uh, galaxies behind. I, I, I think that the gap is closer than we'd like to admit. I just think that Patrick Mahomes has the most consistency when it comes to winning, and so we have to categorize him as such.
2: Uh, Rita, you mentioned uh, Philadelphia. I know the Eagles were just able to sneak by the 49ers uh, in the conference championship Sorry, game. Damn. They were just able to just just barely get by them. That uh, was a tough game. Michael's really. loving this.
3: He's it loving came, this.
2: It came down, to the, it came right. down to the last. <laughs> who had the ball last? It was going to come. One of those games. Like, who <laughs> uh, Anyway, uh, so Philadelphia was able to get by barely San Francisco. You think the, how, how do you see that? How do you see the Super Bowl playing out? KC, Philly, who you got and why? <sighs> all right.
6: So I think I picked Philly when I was here last week. Because I, I couldn't figure out who I wanted to pick. I, yeah, I you think said I it was going to be a close one.
4: game. I well, remember you going yeah, back what it was gonna be
6: before Brock Purdy went out. I mean, I think that we all thought that, and then, you know, the wheels fell off. so, um, I really like this matchup. I mean, obviously, the storylines is is great within itself, and I'm excited about that. but I just really love what Philadelphia has on both sides of the ball. And this is, look, Kansas City, obviously, they have guys on all three levels um, on defense that we we probably don't give enough credit to. Chris Jones is one of the, you know, the best. Mm-hmm. And then you got Frank Clark behind him. But uh, I just feel like the consistency from Philly's defense is, is outstanding. And as great as I really feel like Kansas City can be in the front seven, I'm curious to know, how are you, what is your game plan in being able to contain an A.J. Brown or, you know, a Devontae Smith. I, I just, and having to watch Jalen Hurts if he finds a way to escape the pocket, you know. Um, that's not something that Burrow really does, but that's the game of Philly, right? You know, they can they can beat you on the ground. They can beat you in the air. They can do it all. And so I think that this is going to be a really good game. I just feel like Philly has, they're so much more well-rounded, if I could say yeah. that, and the offense and defense. And I just feel like, while wow, Mahomes is going to make this a game because that's what he... I don't think this is going to be like the Tampa Bay Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to be that bad. Um, but I just feel like Philly just has so many guys on both sides of the ball from the defense. Look, I forgot that they got Indominus Sue, you know, in season. Like, their their roster is and insane. And Linville Joseph. And Le- yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I just... It's crazy, know, I, yeah. It's, it's insane. So, I, I, I don't know how I can make a case for Kansas City, other than the fact that, uh, they got Patrick Mahomes, of course. You have to keep them in the, you know, in the ring. But I just feel like Philly overall, their talent is just so great that I I feel them coming out with a win.
3: Rita, let me ask you this before you go. Um, Breaking news here, this is gonna be the first Super Bowl that has two starting black quarterbacks in it. And I keep hearing people say, why bring this up? It's not about race, it's that, that or the other. I wanna ask you, how significant is this moment when we talk about NFL history and having two black quarterbacks starting in the Super Bowl for the first time.
6: It's huge. It's huge because for so long we've had, you know, to, quarterbacks have had to fight. Black quarterbacks have had to fight to even be quarterbacks. You guys mentioned this on the last segment about Bill and saying that Lamar Jackson should be, you know, a, a running back or a wide receiver. They didn't trust him being a quarterback. That's been a moniker that's been a thing for Black quarterbacks for so long. Even good ones. You know what I mean? The Warren Moons, you know, the, the Steve McNairs, the Randall Cunninghams, I've always felt like they've been good or they've been perceived as really good. Oh, but they run too much. Oh, but they do this too much. And we've just never respected the Black quarterback consistently. You know, Doug Williams, we know what he did, but, but really, did people really say, oh, okay, black quarterback should be a thing after that? I, I just don't think that that's what happened. And I think now you're kind of forced to say that this is what it is. You, you can't deny talent. And it seems that there's a lot of black quarterbacks that have talent. Look at the draft class that's coming out, guys. You got Bryce Young. You got C.J. Stroud. You got an Anthony Richardson. These guys are projected to be the first round. So you're starting to see the trend of black quarterbacks become being more acceptable in the National Football League. I do think it's sad that it's 2023 and we're just seeing you know, <laughs> right. two black quarterbacks because just not long ago, we just had two black head coaches. What was it? Over a yeah. decade ago. We just had two black head coaches in the Super Bowl. Now you got two black quarterbacks right. in the Super Bowl. I don't want to have this conversation again, obviously, but if we have to continue to do it, then we have to continue to do it because the talent should always speak for itself and never the color. And I feel like prior to that, it was about the color and not the talent, but now it's about the mm. talent and less about the color. Speak Rita
2: with a bar. Speak on that's it. Bar- okay, that's, that's bars right there. You just said, bars. we're going to drop a beat. We're going dra- to drop a beat behind you and just go ahead and just keep freestyling. But Jim, you put in your feed, and I want to hear you on this because uh, obviously you think it's important. W- why-, why does Jim Trotter think this is important?
3: Uh, for, the, for, for just the moment, it, one, it's never happened. And again, for all the things that Rita referred to in terms of how black quarterbacks have been perceived and whatnot, I was actually on the phone um, earlier today with Rodney P. and I, I said, you know what? And it just hit me. I said, if the NFL really wanted to do this right, what it would do is bring all of the quarterbacks who are black, who have played in the NFL, bring them together for this Super Bowl. Let them, because I said to Rodney, you guys ought to get together once a year anyway, just for fellowship and whatnot, because of all that you've gone through to get to this point. I think it would have been huge for the NFL to be able to bring these men together, to show how far the league has come, to honor those who in many ways, whether it's a Warren Moon or whether it's a Rodney Peter, whoever, who were, let's say, um, not treated fairly in terms of Warren having to go to Canada, Rodney not getting drafted until the sixth round. In part, they said, because they thought he might play baseball or whatever, but we know that's cold language for, uh, we just ain't sure about a black quarterback, right? So for me, um, it is a powerful and significant moment. And the reason I say that, even if I don't believe it, let's say, It's because people like Doug Williams and Shaq Harris and others tell me it is an important moment. And if those men say it's important, damn it, it's important.
2: Yes. And I I will say uh, you both were very eloquent on this. I agree with what you said. Only disagreement I have, uh, Jim, is that the league has not come far on it. These athletes were so relentless and continuing to pursue their passion and to play the position that they wanted to play. Lamar Jackson ain't trying to be your wide receiver. Thank you, Bill Polian. I'll be a quarterback and I'm going to play quarterback for somebody. And even going back and uh, when the Steelers drafted Cordell Stewart in the second round, they drafted him as a quarterback. In that first year, uh, he had so much versatility. They said, can you play wide receiver? And this is the birth of slash. And he said, that's great. I'll play wide receiver here. I'll, I'll fill in, but I still want to be a quarterback and 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 that's you what know, it has taken from some of these players, like, no, I'm not going to Canada, I'm not changing positions you I'm gonna make you see the talent that I have, and the league what the league did was just just uh, re- recognize the obvious we saw it before they did, but they couldn't deny the obvious. That's where the NFL is,
3: no, but Michael, the league had no choice because the college that's game what I'm saying changed. yeah, yeah there right. it is. So, so as it's much just, yeah, yeah so we agree. As, we agree yes as much as they want to pat themselves on the back it wasn't because that's what of I'm saying I'm
2: not giving it to them.
3: yeah right yeah I'm with you I'm not I'm gonna give you. it to them.
6: And I, I always say, you know, the the National Football League is basically they copycat college football all the time. Anytime they go to the spread, they go to the spread. Anytime that you know they have the, they have guys that's moving around, they do the same thing. So, like you said, now you have natural athletes that, oh, by the way, they can throw are now quarterbacks. You have to adapt. It just so happens that a lot of those guys are black. So you know, mm. it, it's it's been over time. It's, far past time that we've gotten here. Michael Vick should have been probably praised way more than we We gave Michael Vick a lot of flowers when he first came out. I don't want to discredit that by any means, but I think that we credited him as an athlete and a lot less as a quarterback, because of when you look at his statistics, Oh, he 50%, he only passed, you know, completed 55% of his passes, you know, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Michael Vick was, he was also a pioneer in terms of what the league is now and you know, I feel like that should have started the trend, and we're a little late. We're a little behind.
4: Yeah, where we no, man. we're here.
6: We're here, and that's that's the part. Look, we're here now, and I don't think we're going back. And so this should really be a celebration of sorts, and during Black History Month, we gotta celebrate, y'all. Ooh.
2: Oh, come on, now, yeah, great. Right. And Black History Damn. Month. How about that? Damn. It's Black History Month. <laughs> All right, Rita Hubbard, you're always on time with your commentary, with your bars. At the NFL chick, Rita. Not the football chick, NFL chick.
6: (laughs) Yes, the NFL chick.
2: (laughs) Good to see you.
6: You too, guys.
0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort.
1: Ahí está, una vez más. Bueno, los Philadelphia Eagles son los campeones de la Conferencia Nacional. Le ganan a los San Francisco 49ers 31 por 7 y como dice la canción. I left my heart in Philadelphia, not in San Francisco. No, 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 no. We're going to the Super Bowl in Arizona. Left my heart in Philadelphia. Oh, I
2: love it. I love it. See, see, Ricky Ricardo told me the last time that he has an R&B <laughs> background. I thought that was just a spinning. I didn't know you could grab the mic and... And sing too, Ricky Ricardo, with some great calls at the end of our Philadelphia Eagles. Ricky, our Eagles. Jim Trotter represents San Francisco. In the middle, we mm-hmm. bookends Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, uh, man, what what a game! And you told us you told us that Hassan Redick was going to have an impact. And He's only the question is, were you surprised that it happened so quickly with Reddick?
1: No, not at all. I mean, he has been a dynamo all year long, and he was saving his best for last. By the way, gentlemen, in honor of this return appearance today, I broke out the heavy artillery. There it is, boys.
3: Oh, From the oh. last Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> okay? <laughs> From the last Super Bowl. And now I need one on this hand to complement, to balance things out a little bit. But... uh Oh. No, it wasn't surprised that Hassan, He look, they were ready for that 49 I told you that Brock Purdy had never experienced anything like the energy he was going to experience that day at Lincoln Financial Field. It came early it, 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 after halftime. I, I really kind of felt sorry for the 49ers. I, well, I, I expected a real battle from that team and, and from Kyle Shanahan. But I'll take it as it comes. And we're on our way to Arizona on Sunday.
2: As you sang, as you sang so 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 beautifully. Hey, hey, how how long you been singing? Let's just get to that. How long you tell us about your singing career?
1: Let me let me. You know who was my vocal? I'm I'm talking about many many years ago. Remember, I I I I mentioned to you I have a lot of years in R and B radio, but Howard Hewitt, the lead singer from Shalimar. Okay, I was best man at one of his weddings. One one of them. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, Howard, who sang, this is for the lover in you, that was my Ooh. vocal inspiration right there. And then I spent a lot of years on tour with Rick James, but that's a whole nother story oh. for a whole other episode.
3: No, no, you didn't just bring up Rick James. That was I my did. guy. You were you were on tour. I was, <laughs> his, I
1: was his tour MC for six years during the street songs, Give It to Me, Baby, Super Freak era.
3: No, hold on, on Michael Holly, We got to set aside. We got to no, set no, aside hey, the hey, show because... Come on, let's Ricky go. Yeah, story. go ahead. Ricky Do your story. thing. Yeah, come on, Ricky. Go ahead. Give him to me. Give him to me. I gotta know. Give him to me.
1: Well, I'll give you one example. Remember, this is all happening when I was at WBLS in New York with the legendary Frankie Crocker. That's that's where I cut my teeth in radio. But I can tell you a quick story. Me and Rick James, we got arrested in Memphis, Tennessee, one morning for kicking a duck at the Peabody Hotel. You know, they have prized ducks at the Peabody Hotel that take a walk once in the morning and once in the evening. And the police block the traffic. These prized ducks, which is the logo of the famous Peabody Hotel, they come down from their purge, they go into a little body of water, a little lake that they have across the street, they swim for a little while, they go back upstairs. It happens twice a day. And Rick James, who was, shall we say, uh, in need of certain things on on the street at about six o'clock in the morning, but he had run out of certain items. Well, you know, was a little bit desperate, didn't want to wait for the ducks to cross the street, so he kicked one of the ducks. And the next thing I know, we were Rick. both in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Released shortly. On, after that's a true story. One of many. You, you, you can't. You well, can't
2: be kicking hold on. ducks. Hey, but you, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead. You got, you got
3: to no, follow I, up I on the no, ducks. No, not on the ducks. But Rick James was like my guy. My wife will tell you. I, I mean, Street Songs was it. So mm-hmm. I went and saw him twice on tour for that for um, when that album was out with him and Tina Marie. And you probably God saw soul and you too. probably
2: and you probably saw Ricky. I
3: was on. You
1: that's
0: what
3: I'm most
1: of the that's tours. What I'm it was Rick. I, I wish I Rick Tina and the Mary Jane Girls. Year yes. after year after year.
3: Phenomenal. Saw so him at the Oakland Coliseum twice. So, um, but Ricky, that tour. Hey, before thing, we get you there,
2: were, first of all, one more. And one more. One more uh, story. Because you said you were, you said Howard Hewitt gave you voice lessons. Is that where, what you said? Well, that was my-, my
1: vocal inspiration, was Howard Hewitt, because I met my first okay. wife when he sang to her, This is for the lover in you. Yeah, you know, and, and okay. that was my proposal to my first wife was with Howard Hewitt. So you asked me where where I got my inspiration to sing, it came from my boy Howard.
2: Hey, Howard Hewitt was the original kid from Akron. Shout out Akron, yes. Ohio, Howard Hewitt. So hey, hey man, Howard. don't don't talk to me about LeBron James. The original kid from <laughs> Akron.
3: You're right. You're right. Howard Hewitt. <laughs> no ricky we got to get together off camera because i need to hear these stories about rick because i just watched the hbo doc again on rick which was phenomenal it, was, and it was and have you seen hilarious If you have seen
1: it uh was part of confessions of a super freak the book and the whole thing yeah, i uh, i got a lot to say a lot to tell it'll all come out one day
3: i was gonna ask you what was missing in that documentary that we need to know
1: uh, What kind of channel are we on right now?
3: <laughs> I don't
1: know Michael I always tells me we're on to
2: talk. It's all good. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Yeah, can, no, it's not can... all
1: good for me. Remember, I work for the New York Yankees, so there's certain things I got to <laughs> hold back on. Okay.
2: <laughs> I get it. So, uh, cool. what is uh, what what will what will Kansas City have to do to deal with your Philadelphia Eagles? in the Super Bowl. What 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 is Kansas City how can Kansas City counteract all the things that Philadelphia brings game to game?
1: Well, I'm going to leave that to Eric B and, and to Andy Reid. Now, in Philadelphia there's a big divide where about half of the fan base has a bad taste in their mouth about Andy Reid, although he changed the culture and took them to five NFC championship uh, championship games and one Super Bowl that, you know, they lost to Tom Brady and the the Patriots by three points. The other half feels completely different about Andy Reid. I I think the battle of the chess game here between Andy Reid and Jonathan Gannon on defense is is intriguing to me. Gannon, I think, needs to take a look at the film of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win over the Chiefs a couple of years ago in in the Super Bowl down here in Tampa where they limited Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense to I believe was just nine points. Now I, I understand that they had some offensive linemen down for that game did the Chiefs. This revamped offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs is much stronger. But if I were Andy Reid the guy I'm using here is Isaiah Pacheco. That young man from Rutgers is very very impressive. You know, with, with Without the cheetah with that speed and who knows what Nicole Hardman can or can't bring I think the Eagles will do a decent job on Kelsey as they did with Kittle. Uh, When they have the advantage of having Avante Maddox and C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I I think they'll do a good job on Travis Kelsey. Really, the guy that I'm going to keep my eye on from the Kansas City point of view is that combination of McKinnon out of the backfield and Isaiah Pacheco. That's who I'm worried about.
3: Ricky, help me here. What's the divide in Philadelphia about Andy Reid?
1: You know, it, it, it was a, a long-standing feud he had with the local talk uh, talk radio hosts. Uh, he never really gave much when when the team won. He was very introverted. When the team lost, the most you got out of Andy Reid was, "Well, I got to do a better job. Got to do a better job." And in Philadelphia, it's a very feels. You guys have both, you know, been in Philadelphia. Uh, unless you really get into it with the people, as Nick Sirianni has done, he has become, you know, one of us per se. Andy Reid really never, you know, had the arm twisted to become one of them. He was always very, a bit of a aloof a figure as as the head coach of the Eagles, although he was there for such a long time. He never, com- it, it seemed like he never really gave his all of himself to that fan mm. base. And a good percentage of it hasn't hasn't forgiven him for that.
2: Well, I get it. I get it. Well, well, Ricky, we'll see you next week. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game. Philadelphia, Kansas City, in Arizona. Sing for us on the way out. Give us a little song we as we get the Kansas music.
1: We're going to beat Kansas City like a drum, baby. Woo! We're going to beat Kansas City. We're going to beat Kansas City like a drum. Yeah! yeah.
4: Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
2: Jim Trotter, Rick James. I'm just trying to put it together. Did you have a jerry curl? I want to see pictures. Like, what what was it look like?
3: I I thought about getting one. Absolutely. No, there was, there was. And and the people told me my hair was too curly at that time. So I didn't need one. True
2: story. People are good. Thank, thank the people now. (laughs) Thank them. You don't want all those chemicals. All right, Trotter. Good stuff.
4: (laughs) The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters